Welcome to Behind Every Employer, where leaders in business and education from across the country share solutions for sourcing, training, and growing frontline talent to create the workforce of tomorrow. This broadcast is brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education. To learn more, check us out at www.coabe.org or any of your favorite podcast sites. Now, here are your hosts, Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. Hello there, Anson. Hey. How are you? How's it? I'm doing great, Jeff. Hey, man, you got a tie on. What's going I, on? I know. I figured in honor of how hot it is in, <laughs> in Texas right now, I was going to wear a tie. I'm on the East Coast. And I oh. figured, oh, man, man, I got to tell you, yeah, I don't usually wear one, but I had some things going on. I needed to wear it today and figured I'd spruce up the show a little bit, give us a little class, a little style. And uh, how you doing? Very good. I'm doing great. You know, it's only 103 degrees, but it only feels like 105. So, you know, we're, we're used to that out here in Texas. Uh, I'm doing great, though, man. The work is great. Uh, and we've got a great guest today. And I want to thank our listeners. We've had some uh, really great guests on in the last few episodes. And I'm getting good feedback from folks. So uh, if you are a new listener, go check us out on BehindEveryEmployer.org and subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite subscription services because we really are pouring these good episodes out. We're bringing businesses that are working with uh, entry-level, lower-skilled adults that really want to talk about solutions to the table. And I'll tell you what, for me, it has just become this ripple effect of new uh, contacts and allies. Uh, I even have a work group of businesses that meet every month and we just talk shop about what we're doing related to immigrant services, related to English as a second language, training, digital skills. So um, it's really helped me and I think it'll help our listeners to kind of just hear uh, what's going on. That's how our, our guest today and I met. Uh, we, we met through kind of another acquaintance and uh, it's been a fast friendship. So real happy to get him on here. Uh, and let me tell you about him. His name's Matthew Jarlicki. He works at a company up in Elkhart, Indiana called Lippert. Uh, they're all over uh, the country, 15,000 team members. So I'm going to have him tell us all about this organization and what they do over there. But he's been working on bringing English as a second language, high school equivalency, as well as technical training, uh, automation training, all kinds of different certifications uh, to that nationwide uh, network. And he does it in partnership like you and I do with uh, public entities, with community colleges and, and public schools and others. And so it's just a great, uh, great uh, new guest to hear for us, a new contact for me. So let's bring him on and uh, let's let's get the discussion going. There you go. Good evening, guys. Hey, hey Matthew. Hey, how's it going, Matthew? <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. I heard your intro. Yes, I, I will uh, definitely reiterate what you said. The, the people out there should follow this podcast, subscribe for sure. I listened to all the prior episodes. There's really some helpful information for everybody in this sector. So uh, awesome, I definitely awesome. concur with that thought. I love well, it. Okay, we can shut. We can stop the show now. We got our <laughs> advertisement that we need from three hundred and thirty three minutes and thirty three seconds. I love it. Um, stop the show. But it, I got I got something. I got a uh, brooch with Matthew here because I, I I just loved it when I read his bio. So Matthew, you and I share something back in our past as far as a skill and an expertise, and we probably have lots of war stories to share. But like you. Uh, many years ago, I ran a chain of coin 
car washes and self-service <laughs> uh, laundromats in Austin, Texas. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> uh, if the po- podcast was like four hours, we could probably get through all those stories. But I did not know. Uh, oh yeah, it's um, you know what's funny about that is it taught me like extremely valuable lessons about like time and like customer service, because as you know, you know, and I think about that even in a daily life now, like a quarter at a time, like, you know, a quarter. So how valuable is somebody's time at a quarter of time? So you need to be looking at every minute of every day because how many quarters did it take me to get five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour of someone's pay. So, oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of those stories. (laughs) Hey, you know what it taught me? It taught me a couple of things. It taught me how to get up at three in the morning so I can go change the coin, coin machines. And it taught me how to clean, uh, car washes in parts of town where there's just lots of activity overnight and vandalism and things like this. I really got a lot of good skills on refurbishing and getting those car washes ready by the time the sun came up. Oh Oh, my God. I just, I, my heart, I just loved it when I read that in your biography, I've never met anybody that was a a, a colleague and a veteran of the car, coin car wash industry here. Or the the joke with, like you said about early, but also, as you know, they're open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. So, and you got the key. So when the change machine goes down, Hey, who's going to, you know, take care of that. So oh, yeah, yeah, my, situ- that also- my situation was I had the key and my boss and my boss had my pager number. This was before cell phones and he was always off elk hunting somewhere. And I was the one on call every day. Um, so yeah, I, I remember a lot from that job. It did teach me a lot about work ethic and it taught me maybe to go to college because I, I couldn't do that much longer. Um, so great to have you on. Um, and so let's tell us about yourself and tell us about Lipper and what, the, what this company does. And then I want to get into your workforce, your training, education, these things, because you and I are recently um, just colleagues. We just started meeting and talking and immediately clicked together on some real similar themes and themes I think our audience will just really enjoy. So let's hear it. So I'll give you three seconds about me. I'm I'm the director of learning. So we have a a small team that takes care of learning for Lippert. Um, And that's everything from Excel, GED to sewing, um, PLC, industrial maintenance, EHS, and everything in between. Um, About Lippert, uh, we have roughly 15,000 team members. We're a global company and and we're 100% manufacturing. I mean, wow. we make things. Um, so we make every single thing you can think of that goes on an RV. We don't make RVs, but we also make every school bus window in the United States. Wow. We make high-speed rail glass and windows in wow. Europe. Um, we're a big vendor for uh, uh, manufactured housing as well, not just RV. Um, we make marine, we have a large marine division that makes boat seats, tops, um, countertops, you name it. So the, the list goes on and on. Um, but we're heavy manufacturing. So that's what we do every single day. Fantastic. Well, I went by one of your facilities, I think outside of Portland, Indiana, uh, and uh, I all of a sudden I started realizing, hey, this company's got a footprint everywhere. Of course, that's near your house. I didn't know it was worldwide. So this is fantastic. Yep. So tell us, uh, you know, you and I connected and then we've we've talked subsequently. Uh, and uh, I really want to hear and I think our listeners will really benefit um, from this story of like how this vision of 
education and training has evolved at the company, uh, even since you've been there, um, and kind of what that evolution was like, what was driving it, what was that uh, value proposition for team members and for the company that they were trying to build or building uh, through their training and education model? Well, just like, just like most companies, um, you know, we're always trying to look for and attract talent. Like everyone has open positions and you can put any ads you want on Indeed and Monster and whatever, and they're just not out there. Right. But that's easy to, that, that's easy to say, to say, okay, well, we need to, you know, work with our existing team members that are successful, get them trained and move them into higher skilled positions. Well, okay. Who's going to do that? Because right. everyone we have is stretched thin and they, you know, we joke, they have a day job. So, you know, how can we harness whatever those local assets are to solve this problem? Because again, we, we know that we've identified, we know they need trained. We have these open positions. So how can we do it? And so we started to look at our local technical colleges that have spent a lot of money recently, yeah. and both of you are familiar, and I'm sure our audience is familiar, you know, not just states, but federal have poured millions and millions of dollars into this oh, yeah. initiative. But, okay, how does it actually work? Because typically, uh, you know, you go to your local community college, and they give you the course catalog and say, hey, we'd love to have your students, we'll help you fill out grants, we'll do all this stuff. But oh, by the way, the classes meet every Tuesday and Thursday from nine to right. 10, 15. Yes. And you're like, okay, well, they're working, you know, and we can't let them leave every Tuesday and Thursday in the middle of the day and come back and actually, you know, get done what we need to get done to satisfy our customers. Right, so right. we um, just kind of took on, you know, said, let's think outside the box and said, okay, and we started here locally um, and said, okay, how can we make this work? Make, make this work for both of us so that this is a win. Because obviously, you know, if we have more students, we're running more classes, the college is making more money um, and we're meeting the goal of training the people that we need trained. So we sat down with, a, you know, our local college, Ivy Tech here in Elkhart, South Bend and said, what if we kind of split the difference here? What if we could we run a class on Wednesdays from one to five p.m. instead of like a true night class? Right. Um, would that be something that could work? And then they started looking at their professor schedule and go, well, we don't really have anything in that window because if you go to most community, you know, they have, they're heavy in the morning, yep. heavy at night, and then at night, this big band of window where there's nothing going on. So could we tap into those resources of professors and use them in a period when you don't have high demand for them? And they okay. go, eh, this might work. And then I also said, eh, the other thing that's difficult is, you know, for us to plan, you know, four months, typical semester, 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. That's not always easy for us because, as yeah. you know, demand is doing this. Sure, um, sure. Could we condense 16 weeks into eight? Because we didn't want to go less than that because, again, you have to have time as you're learning to process and read right. and, you know, assimilate. So we didn't want to go too far, but we wanted to see if we could get it to eight. And they looked at the number of course hours and things like that. And they go, yeah, we could probably make that work, right? And so we said, all right, let, let's try this, right? Let, let's try it. And then we could take that model, sit down with our operation folks and say, okay, um, we know you don't want them leaving at all during the day, but typically our production schedule is 6 to 2.30-ish, you know, somewhere mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Could you give up, you know, an hour or two yeah. you know, to get back 
32 hours of training. Mm. So like you're going to yeah. get eight hours and get 32 hours of training that no Ooh, one like in your facility is going to have to do. And operations said, yeah, we can probably make that work. And, and then Great. we looked at the team member side and said, okay, team member, you know, you're still going to be able to get home for dinner. If you have childcare issues, it might be an hour, hour and a half, but it's not going to be two nights a week or things like yeah. that. Right. We will make sure that you if, won't lose any wages. So you can work a little extra Tuesday, a little extra Thursday to make up that hour and a half. So yep. all three of the components fit together. So they got a win wow. out of it. Right. And we said, okay, let's try it. So, you know, roughly, I guess it's been almost two years now. We started with one SACA, which is a national accredited class for basic electricity. And mm -hmm. it went great. And, and I don't mean from my perspective, but like the students, like, this was great. Like I got this yeah, yeah. certificate. I learned something new. They were able to go back, tell their, you know, supervisors, team members, this is great. So we went from one to two, and then we're running three or four of these classes um, in eight week windows, every single time they're eight week windows. And um, the model worked so well, it it's expanded to, okay, now let's go talk to our uh, local uh, adult ed you know, from K-12. Hey, yeah. I know you run these uh, GED, you know, HSE, they call them in Indiana, high school equivalency mm -hmm. classes yep, yep. at night. You think you could fit this into our, you know, we call it Lippard Wednesdays. And they nice. go, eh, sure. Because again, a lot of those teachers are retired teachers that are doing sure. those jobs. Hey, you mean I could get done at five o'clock instead of seven or eight o'clock? Yes. Sure, I'll teach that class, right? So they were Love able to it. hire a couple of teachers um, and Ivy Tech, our community partner, because we had that relationship, they're donating classrooms, which is awesome because then they can go to the same place. Um, right. And so we, we started that. And then again, that went well. And then now we've added, you know, quality classes where we're, you know, and really? supply chain. And we're in August starting for our human resources department where they're going to work towards getting their SHRM certification. Wow. And we're going to add lean and EHS like in the fall. So because the model works, then people can look and go, I could probably give up my person for sure. two months for eight, you know, like it's only eight Wednesdays. Like this is not horrible. Okay. How so you have start training ours. Right. So you have this block of time that everybody can kind of focus around. So that, that brings efficiencies because you're not sitting there trying to schedule every unique course around somebody else's schedule. You say like, this is it, Lippert Wednesdays. I love the name. I love the, just the clarity of that. Um, and then you've, you've gotten the production team and the, and the business on board. Um, and I love your calculation of like giving up an hour to get the 32 hours of, you know, that there's the value proposition for them. Team members, you've worked that out, and the scheduling is good because there's nothing nothing more disruptive than having to leave work and then go go home. Kids are home doing homework, cooking dinner, whatever you're doing, and then you got to go back somewhere else. That just doesn't tend to tend to happen. Um, I can tell you too. For I, I used to run a, a community college campus. Uh, this is a huge win for faculty because. Uh, the hardest thing to do is to tell a faculty member, I can give you more hours, but you got to go home at 11 and come back at 530 uh, because they, they got to split their shift. Uh, so now you're filling up, which is really, as you identified, the, the deadest part of a school schedule, especially a college schedule where they're looking for things to do. 
Um, and faculty would love to say, hey, I'll pick up that day shift um, or, or that afternoon shift. So, man, this is I really like how these pieces fit together. Jeff, what do you think about this? So this is incredible. I, I love it. Um, and, and what I love both best about the whole thing is really that it's you're teaching them what you need for in the employment world. You're teaching them what they need to be successful in employment. And that is so challenging right now because so many times we can get somebody, help them get the high school equivalency, help them get the high school diploma, but it's the what next, like what happens next with it. And that's often the challenge. And when you have an employer, so how hard was this a sell to your company? Mm. Like you guys have done a lot to really make this happen and how hard was it to con- to really convince everybody at the top of the chain look we need to invest in this this is what we need to do uh, at first um what, we had an identified need so it was easy to, yeah. to talk to you know you go into our facilities and talk to on the ground supervisors leaders plant managers in the facilities and they're like we need help with this you know yeah. like so but they didn't weren't able to translate into, okay, well, this is how you can exactly help me. Mm. Um, and so because again, there was a lot of grant money available. We applied for an Indiana next level jobs money through our workforce development office. And we said, th- so it made it an easy sell when I could say that, you know, it's not costing us anything. Ah. So, you know, so <laughs> yeah. what are we out if we try this? Like yeah. truly it was, what are we out if we try this? We, you know, we're out eight hours of production of this one person, let's see what happens. Like, let's see what happens. Um, right, right. And so again, the feedback came from the team members. Like they were the ones going back telling their team members, they're, this is great, can I take the next course? So yeah. it became a much easier sell. And then it just kept morphing and growing from there to other departments, like I said, like lean or supply chain or the others yeah. going, you think that would work for us? What like, about us? We yeah. get on the bandwagon and um, it's just demonstrated to work. Like it's just repeatedly worked. And then, which has been, you know, amazing the last six months or so. Now we're starting to duplicate this in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We're kicking it off in August. We're going to be able to come nice. to your neck of the woods in Texas there, nice. you know, in Sagoon and Wakahachie, um, you know, in January, because again, now I can tell a community college, don't, don't believe me, call Ivy Tech Community College and find out if it was good for them. So Absolutely. that's been the real easy sell is I have every group I can say, don't ask me, go ask somebody else to see what they think. Matthew, I'm curious, the, um, how many of uh, your participants are really low-level learners and or ESL learners where there's special attention from the education and that needs to be given? Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with that? Okay, so um, all of the above, <laughs> you know, all of the above. So um, great stories. So the first class that we ran, like, and I won't forget it, like the first class we ran, we're giving a tour because we're required. Because again, these are people that didn't go to college. Their parents didn't take them on tours sure. when they were, you know, juniors in high right. school. Right. So we built in an orientation to make sure that they get a tour. They know they have access to the computer lab. If you ever want to go get your degree, there's counselors available. And we're walking around and this is somebody, you know, I'm guessing, you know, 40, 42 years old. And they, you know, tug on the shirt of one of my team members and go, hey, hey, do you think I'll get a college ID? You know, um, and just, I mean, but yeah, just yeah. think about that 
question and all that means to yes. someone. Um, and yes, we, we have built into these classes with everyone we're working with. There's a half hour, we call it open lab from five to five 30. So the team member's not required to stay, but the professor is so that if you need help, because yes, some of these classes like, you know, our basic electricity, they haven't done math, yeah. formalized math in 15 years. And, you know, even basic electric, there's a lot of math. Okay. What wire size wow. for this size breaker and et cetera. And so we're trying to provide those supports either through the, that individual professor time or, you know, outside that class to help them. And obviously the GED program is getting them ready so that they can do that college level work, both the reading, writing and the math. Yes, sir. Great. Fantastic. Hey, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm just so excited about hearing about this. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit more about like um, just the response from team members. I mean, I can't imagine it's not positive, but like, is this something that's been like just a self recruiter in terms of people saying, hey, when does the next class start? Like, talk to us a little bit about that. So we, um, I guess I'll mention what we're using now. So we actually built, like we have a, our corporate well, website, you know, lci1.com. But yeah. we had so many questions, like when we would go to facilities and try and have these meetings, like we built a separate website, lippertuniversity.com. Really? Just so that it's easy for me to be able to say, hey, what are all the courses you're offering? Just go to lippertuniversity.com. You can yes. apply there, all the information. So we got a flyer on every one of the courses. Um, Perfect. And you're exactly right. They We have we schedule two graduations a year. We, we call them graduations where we recognize anyone right. that's completed a course thing. So we just had one in June and uh, um, to segue just a little, the great thing about these micro courses is after they've taken one or two, now we can introduce the idea of an apprenticeship to them, you know, yes. U S department of labor apprenticeship. Absolutely. Where now you can take three or four of these and they're like, this would be great. So we had six, people receive their U.S. Department of Labor um, advanced manufacturing one-year apprentice at our June graduation. And it was awesome to see, like the team member had their parents and their kids there when they got this, because we had representatives from workforce and whatever, you know, help us presenting. But I mean, think how, like, it's just awesome. Like, it's just, you, you can't Fantastic. have more fun than that. And they're having fun. And you don't think they're going back telling other team members, other people in the community? Of course they are. Of course they exactly, are. Exactly, so, exactly. So tell me a little bit, what is your role in this? Like who is doing the, there's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of scheduling. There's a lot of coordination and partnership building. Uh, are you the head bottle washer on this? Are you the one that's doing all this stuff? How does that work? Or does it fall on the local facilities to do this? Uh, we're, we're, we're managing it for them. Now we have, um, so when we, sign someone up for the class. So yes, I'm the one basically communicating with the community colleges to get these yeah. set up. I'm sure. the point person with, you know, the grant ag agency. So right. we have Lilly grants, we have, you know, workforce grants, state, U.S. Department of Labor. So that is kind of, I look at as my role. Yeah. Um, so we have local, you know, HR department of production. And so they apply through the learning team. And then I have two people on my team, Kate and Jenny, that handle a lot of the logistics, the day-to-day -day logistics. Sure. And so when you apply, we send back to the facilities, you know, an, an e-document 
that we get, mm-hmm. you know, plant manager, general manager, their direct supervisor, if it's a quality course or lean or whatever, the right. lean director and HR all decide to say, okay, I know Matt's going to be here on Wednesday. Nice. So that helps us keep the team member accountable and yeah. all these other people saying, eh, I know there might've been a problem at work today, but Matt's still going to class wow. on Wednesday. So this is a great model. It helps, right? That helps on both sides. And then Kate and Jenny are awesome on our team. We, um, we, we use a, a texting service. So like when they apply, we send the team member a text. Yeah. When everything's registered, we send them a text. We send them a text the week before class starts with like a flyer. Park here. This is the door you go in. What's your room yeah. number? Right. So there's a lot of that, but it really helps the team member. Like they really appreciate that. So it almost sounds too good. Like it does. It almost sounds too good. And I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm saying, oh yeah, man, like why? So I can understand why employers across the country maybe don't engage. Cause I don't know that they want to invest in getting grants and all that, but come on, you gotta be honest with Matthew. What is, there's gotta be something that, sh- that kind of is a ripple in all this. Like, the, is it all as good as it sounds? And as, as you talk to other employers and they ask questions, what, what do they doubt? about this whole model and how it's okay. So, so, okay. So two wins here. One, I would be remiss if I did not mention. So Jason Lippert, our CEO. Okay. We, we have a corporate mission that he has been on for roughly 10 years and you go to our website, you ever hear him speak, he's going to say business as a force for good, like it's straightforward. It should be a force for good in the community. And obviously starting with our team members that live in the community and this, you know, I, I say it because it makes me feel good. And then when I talk to the other people in other departments, I can say, hey, we're doing it every day. Like that business is force for good. We see it. Um, to talk to you about when I talk to other employers. So in our August quality class, so we've run this here and then we run it in Fort Wayne. We're running two sessions of it back yeah. in Elkhart in August, 100 level and 200. Well, we're a supplier to uh, a company that actually makes RVs. Well, they're so excited about hearing what we're doing. They're sending four of their team members (laughs) into our class to join on our Lippert Wednesdays for this quality course because they want to see for themselves because they've heard so much positive feedback about it. You want us like you can come and join the classes and we're like, absolutely, let's go. They're paid for. We have them scheduled. We got a couple extra spots. Let's go. So, um, Sure, there's, you know, there's always going to be logistic. And like I said, working with the community college, make sure they have enough professors and figuring out where they're going to come from and making sure, sure they have enough lead time. As yes. you both know, you know, sometimes you're waiting the last minute on a grant and, yes. you know, the college doesn't work that way because they got to hire, yeah. you know, six months out. So those things, you know, get sticky now and then. But um, because we're far enough out in scheduling and working with yeah. grants and people, that's kind of leveled off a little. You need the lead time. I love the model of, uh, you know, we did this in San Antonio when I worked at the college system here with uh, Toyota. They have the Toyota Tundra factory here and having the suppliers participate in training uh, really helped us at the college because if we were doing a training and we only had seven people, uh, we needed to get more to kind of make that uh, solvent for the college 
so they could bring in supplier partners. Yeah. You're doing kind of the flip with your uh, your your uh, your main companies there that make the RV joining in on your uh, your hot gig there with your training model, and and that's 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 probably teaching them a few lessons or two, which brings more value to them. I mean, it it really helps bolster the reputation of Lippert with in their eyes. I'm sure. Oh man, this is a uh, really, really uh, exciting. All right, so and then I'm of course extremely exciting about this thing I heard about 15 minutes ago, which is you're coming to Texas. Yes. Uh, so this is fantastic. I got a word of wisdom here, though. Coming to Texas when you before you cross the uh, Red River, uh, it's it's uh, Waxahachie, Texas. And it's Seguin, Texas, named after one of the defenders of the Alamo. And it's only like 18 miles from my house. So we might be seeing each other soon here. Right. <laughs> but I we're I excited said, to have this. This is fantastic. I think I said Seguin right. And trust me, pronunciation, you might as well forget it. So I'll get as close as I can get. But yes, the, the, and, and again, the community college there has been yeah. extremely open to the idea. Um, they... Um, the workforce development office there immediately opened arms and said, oh, you've already got this community partner. And again, it's nice because we built the website. Yes, it's 100% for the team members, but I yeah. can direct a workforce office and say, you know, like, hey, sure. what are you going to do? How's this going to work? Go look like this is where we want to duplicate this here. Um, and we know it works. So uh, it makes it fantastic. Easy. Do you see any of your um, part, any of your employees um, going post-secondary? Any of them showing interest in going to college and moving on? Yes. So this is what's been nice is the other thing that we attacked at the beginning was a lot of the funding, as you know, is like th there's a lot of straight line apprentice funding. Like, yeah. OK, you sign this yeah. person up. Here's this how much you get. Well, the, again, the difficulty for our team members is the same difficulty we have as the company. You're telling me you want me to sign up for something for two years. Like <laughs> I may have not had a job for two years at the same, yeah. at the same employer. So yeah. that doesn't work. So if as we walk them into one class, two class, plus we can condense it because instead of a 16 week semester in a 16 week, you can get two classes out of the way. Mm -hmm. So that's how we've been uh, able to register so many apprentices. Um, I think we're up to 30 and we'll probably at 60 wow. at the end of next month yeah. um, because Fantastic. they see the value and go, okay, I'll do it. And now out of the apprentices, now we can say, hey, do you know that you're X number of credits short from a 34-hour certification yeah. or 60-hour associate's degree? Oh, okay. How do I do that? Wow. So that's our next you know, way that we can help the team members as we're building towards that. Great Fantastic. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, I and I can't imagine you're seeing just some really good numbers when it comes to retention because now you've given your workers – more than one reason. You got a paycheck, but now you've got this investment in their educational future in a system that really feels robust and durable. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot different than, you know, tuition reimbursement or something where it's like you're on your own and just send us the bill at the end of the semester and we'll pay it. Uh, this is you and your team. Uh, a lot of nurturing that kind of keeps the, the mechanisms running. Uh, and the student can just say, hey, I know the class will be there. I know when it's going to be. And all these logistics are being worked on by my company, man. I, re I really want to stay there. I mean, so this is a really nice retention piece 
for Lippert for sure. Um, so uh, we're we want to round out here because we, we could talk. We're going to bring you back for a second <laughs> second podcast. I can tell you that right now. Um, I want to ask you, like, so just lifting back and thinking about this, what recommendations or suggestions would you have for other employers that might be listening right now and thinking, "Wow, you know, we need to be doing this." Like, how would they get started? What 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 were some kind of first steps that you think would be really best lessons learned for people moving forward on this? The the two things I would do first, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. which is what we did is like research what funding is available for you because it doesn't matter what organization you're in, that if it's not the first question, it's going to be the second. What is this going to cost me? So find out what funding is available. And then two, look at your operation. So it it worked for us to be Wednesdays because some plants we have work four day week, you know, four tens. So we didn't want it to be Thursday, which is technically their weekend. So be realistic on what your work schedule is and understand you're going to have to give up a little to get a lot. Like, you know, you're not going to, it's not going to be perfect for you, but you're gonna have to give up something. And then once you have those two, not 100% answered, but you've got a good idea then go sit down with your community college, you know, your technical college that's available to you and say, okay, how could we make this work? And then be okay failing. Like say, okay, we're going to try it for eight. It's eight weeks. Like try it, see what happens. Hopefully it'll go great. But if it doesn't, oh, maybe Tuesday works for you. Maybe 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. works for you. I don't know, but take a look and see, but be willing to try one. Like, mm-hmm. go ahead and try it. Like, you're you're not you're not doing it now, so you're really not out anything, especially if you get some funding for it. So, you know, go take a try. I always, you know, try I always tell I always tell people like uh, when it comes to business, public college or public school engagements, scheduling is gonna. You need to be ready to to dedicate a quarter of your time in getting the schedule right at the beginning. Um, if you don't. You're continually chasing all kinds of other things, including attendance and including people, you know, enjoying this and being able to do it and all of that. Um, And a lot of times um, businesses that are new at this um, kind of just, you know, say, well, the college says the classes at this time and that's it, you know you've you've got this model where you said like hey we we really need to find a win-win for both of us here um and the scheduling is like huge and what you're talking about this whole podcast has really been about the wednesday the schedule the schedule the schedule you know the shifts getting back to the managers all of these things are on your mind top of mind so you're spending a lot of time on that and that's my advice always to employers it's like you know you might think about the curriculum first. You might think about certifications first. These things are all important, but none of those things happen if people can't make it to class yeah. or if people can't stay in class or they can't come on their day off or don't want to come on their day off. Uh, so I really, I really love that. Um, Jeff, any last words before we go to our lightning round for, for Matthew? Yeah, no, I just want to say that I think the model is great. I think more employers have to look at thinking about how they employ this. I know there's yeah. a term and I integrated education training where you're learning yeah. math and and contextually learning the the job as well and the the the, the uh, skill set. Um I just I, I don't think there's enough employers like you guys out there that are doing this work and I really encourage employers, especially if they're not real sure on the grant end and the funding end that they should be asking, you know, ask ask um your partners 
donors and ask around. There's a lot of funding that's out there right now, a lot of targeted funding that's helping these kind of programs. And you're giving something that somebody invaluable, which is a credential. And you're giving them that that certification and something that can never be taken away. Um, outstanding work. Really, really great stuff. Well, I can tell you, uh, uh, Matthew, uh, for me, uh, having worked in this uh, field and worked with low-skilled adults for many years, uh, and being in Texas, there's one state and one group of people in the country that I count as a, a peer, someone that I can just sit there and really connect with, and it's the Indiana Adult Education Department, Workforce Development Division. So you're in good hands up there for sure, and I'm sure they're listening, and they're probably like clapping, but we are good allies with them. Uh, I steal as much from them as they steal from us, and we have great models. Uh, and that's the thing that I think for our listeners um, that are out there that are in the public sectors, it's like, how can how can other states really build these responsive business first models, especially those for, for underskilled adults? Because sometimes those groups are really left behind when it comes to uh, being on the top of attention of businesses, as well as the top of attention of the public sector and uh, colleges. And so it's really great to see that you really found that mix. The Ivy Techs are just a fantastic system up there. And uh, this has just been a great, great discussion. So, so Jeff, take us out for the lightning round. You're going to come back, Matthew, and you're going to charge our listeners with something they can go do after this phone call. So take us away, Jeff. You got it. You've been listening to Behind Every Employer with Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. It's one thing to talk the talk, but in the lightning round, which is coming up, we walk the walk with action steps. You can listen to Behind Every Employer podcast on YouTube, Spotify, or find us on your favorite podcast venue. All right, we're back. Here, here we go. So, uh, Matthew, have you thought about it? Like, tell us what you're going to charge our audience with here, because you've got so many great ideas here. Uh, I have. And so and it kind of ties exactly what Jeff, Jeffrey and you said at the very end. Um, all these grants, if you go in with the attitude of look, the, the underpinning of all the grants are I want the people that live in my community, my state to make more money so that they will pay more taxes. Yeah. And live here and buy things and buy yeah. homes and stay here. And so, stay here, yeah. And so when you're asking for these grants, these are people and organizations that want to help you get the money. So a lot of people I've talked to, like they're fearful about like, oh, this is going to be hard. It's like, yeah. I'm going to have to pull teeth to get this. No. Yeah. So just be willing to go to your local. You've probably sent people to the same office for to get unemployment, to do yep. these things. Yep. You might have had a recruiting fair there. Yep. You know, they might be sending you. Go there and just say, okay, which one of you can help me find some funding to start up this X technical class? Or like you said, go to your local high school and say, hey, how do I start an HSE program? Like, yep. can you help me do this? And Trust me, there will be people that would be willing to help you. Agree. Like they will uh, be willing to help you because they know you're there because you're wanting to help somebody else. Like I'm there not for like I'm not asking to get my degree. I'm asking so I can help somebody right. else get these skills. So absolutely, um, I'm challenging you to ask. You know, no just ask. ask. Right. I love Go it. Ask. How about you? 
How about you, Jeff? Yeah, so for my call to action is actually for the workforce developers listening to this mm, call. Nice. Everybody out there that, you know, we get approached all the time by employers saying, I can't find enough help. I can't find enough mm -hmm. help. I need some mm -hmm. talent, need mm -hmm. more talent. I think what they got to do is they got to reach out to Matthew we, and they got to, they have to understand that there's their answer. There's a yep. great solution for their company that takes a little bit of hard work, but a lot of, um, there's a lot of benefit on the back end. All right. Fantastic. So, so, uh, one, uh, for me, uh, mine is real simple. It's for the colleges and for the businesses and it's to get on your phone and go back to the beginning of this episode and listen to it again. Cause there was so much good stuff in here. I can't wait to, to give it another view here. Uh, Matthew, it's just been fantastic. Tell us how we can find you on uh, Twitter or LinkedIn or what have you. Okay, Are you on just, this network? Yeah. Like, like, um, on LinkedIn, just Matthew Jerlecki, you can find me, uh, Twitter, you know, Jerlecki tech lab, you know, you'll find cool. me, um, you might see some golf photos on there, but you know, I'll post <laughs> hey. things about work too. Um, but either one, or just again, M Jerlecki at LCI one.com. If you go to again, um, Lippert university.com, you'll see that. how to get a hold of us. Like you'll see all the things that we're doing. Uh, you can see pictures from our graduation. I mean, they're no. all there. So. Um, and I mean it, you guys have been fantastic reaching out, helping me with things. Sure. Um, I would be happy to share whatever I can with any of your listeners. So oh, please fantastic. Fantastic. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, we know how to find Matthew now. And like I said, go back and listen to this episode. It's just full of uh, little diamonds there for workforce developers, for colleges, and for businesses that are getting a start in working with underskilled adults and all adults and team members at their workplaces in building, uh, really upskilling uh, for the next, you know, innovations that are coming in manufacturing. Uh, that's what I loved about Matthew there. He's bringing this really heavy manufacturing focus, but really bringing an innovative training model to kind of keep that workforce uh, durable as we innovate. So thank you. All right, Anson. We're going we're gonna to call it a wrap here. But yeah. uh, Matthew, thank you. Anson, great to see you. And yeah. we'll see you guys soon. Don't forget, check us out behind every employer podcast. Take care, everybody. All right. Thank Take you it all. easy. You've been listening to Behind Every Employer with Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. If you like the show, please follow us and tell your friends and colleagues. This broadcast has been brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education. You can find us at www.coabe.org. You can listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, or on your favorite podcast site. If you'd like to be a guest on Behind Every Employer, please contact us at behindeveryemployer at coabe.org.